in the Kovna ghetto during World War II. It was a big tzaddik, Rabbi Chfrayim Oshri, Zeich Tzaddik Lavracha. was a Rav and a Paisik, and uh, during that time in the ghetto, people approached him with many, many shilas that took place um, during that period. And he paskened for them and also guided them and gave them tremendous chizik. After the war, um, he published the shilas that were asked to him and then the chuvis um, to those shilas in um, Svarim called Mimamakim, Shailas Chuvis Mimamakim. It's a few volumes. And um, it's Kedai to look at. It's astounding. Here, I'm going to just go through 10 of the questions, Ten, the first 10 Chuvis in the first Chelek of the Sefer. Obviously, it's Tisha B'av, so we're not going to go into the Prate Halacha of what his answers were based on. But the main Nakuda is, is the very questions that they asked that showed a Meridika Mysterious Nefesh, a tremendous dedication to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even in the most terrible and impossible times. And that Torah could go to all places and all circumstances. And that there's a Torah that dictates and guides us even in the most darkest situations and how Yidin despite whatever terrible suffering they were experiencing in those periods were concerned about keeping the Torah as best as possible the first Shiloh discussed a, a situation when the Nazis took the people and force them to disgrace the Sefer Torah, to tear it, to rip it, and to stample on it and do terrible things with it under the threat of death. And the men who were forced to do this, and the ones who witnessed it, came over to Rafaim Ashri and asked for a tick and chuva for it, which is a, that itself shows a madrega something Pekuach Nefesh, and they were forced under gunpoint, and they wanted to know a tick and tshuva. He paskined that of course, then, it, I guess it was still possible for some people to fast and not affect their health. He said if it's Pekuach Nefesh, or if you'll get weak from it, you should not fast, instead give tzedakah. But he says the ones that um, actually had to, were forced to desecrate the Sefer Torah, even though they were anusim completely. It, if it's possible, they should fast, and if not, they should give tzedakah. Another, the next Shiloh they asked him is that um, they used to serve this soup, whatever, whatever you could call it, soup. It's more like water with a pieces of few pieces of meat flowing, floating into it. It was, of course, treif. And they asked him like this. They said that right this minute, this second, it's not mamish pikuach nefesh. I could live to the next meal. 
just that if I don't do this and I don't eat this soup, I'll become weaker and eventually hit the point where it will be pikuach nefesh. So they asked him, do we go basar going to what is now? And now it's usar, you would say, because right now it's not pikuach nefesh. And push off that isser as much as possible. Um, or you say that since it is absolutely certain under the circumstances, under the intake of calories, under apiteva, that if you don't eat, you it will come eventually or, or soon to sakaras nefashis, then it's mutu even now to eat from this soup to save yourself from that pikuach nefesh that will come for sure later. That was the second shayla they asked him. Not the second shayla, the second shayla he brought down. Again, you see these people that were under terrible circumstances, and this is what they're worried about. He passed into his mutter. He went through all the paiskim and all through the mafarshim with it. But again, with, with a lot of his shaylas that in these chuvas, the very questions themselves are pile plarm. It shows how connected the Eden were to Tyra and to wanting to do the Ratzon Hashem even under those most harsh circumstances. And another question they asked is that they, um, it was a big action and they murdered people, the Nazis, and they commanded people to take off their outer garments before burying them and to give them to the to the Jews that were burying them. Some of them had blood on it. And of course, there's Big Day Mace, which are Asabana. And they wanted to know whether they could take those begadim, use those begadim. I think later he has with the shoes and other things. Uh, they used to see a dead person with 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 better shoes than what they had, and um, anything worn on a mace is asabano. And they asked if I'm allowed to take those shoes or the begadim for myself. He passed of course, it's mutter atzpikuach nefesh. But again, this is what they're concerned about: they're freezing, hungry. Everything stripped away from them, and they're worried about this. The Torah says, I don't even know if it's a Minatayr, the Rabbanan, Talmud Chacham would tell me, but they were mocked, but they know that big day mace are Asabano. Am I allowed to use them? Another Shaila that came up is for a certain Tkufa in the Kovna ghetto when the Man was killed. The head of the family was killed. They used to wipe out the whole family. And used to kill the widows too. They only left alive, for the time being, women that had husbands and a family structure. That's how it was in the Kovna Ghetto at that particular time. And the women came over to Rabbi Ashri and said to save themselves from being murdered, because their husbands already died and they would wipe them out, him, them, and their children. Whether they could marry, they want to get married just to be saved from being killed. 
But there was no mikvah in the ghetto. There was no tardika mikvah in the ghetto at that point. So the shaila was, is if you're over on lifnei iver, by being mesadra kedushin to those women, when there's clearly going to be an iser nida here, because they, they don't have the ability to be title in the mikvah. Again, that's another shaila that came to him. And the bottom line of that shaila was that if it was dealing with people that you knew for sure that they would be over the Isr Nida, then they shouldn't be Masada Kedushin for those type of couples, but for the Haredim, for the Erlacha, for the Shemitariah Mitzvahs, that no halachas and understand that then it, he held it, was be, it would be mutter to be Masada Kedushin, but to warn them that it's usher to live together uh, uh, as, as husband and wife because of the Isr Nida. And the Iker point of doing this right now is to just save themselves from death. Another Shaila came up. This Talmud came over to him. And uh, he was murdered later, he says. But he asked the Shaila. He says he has the ability. He goes out into the fields and does this difficult, difficult, hard work. I guess this Talmud was knew how to learn. He was Meshire that the Avodas, the the works that he had to do in the outside in the quarries and whatever he had to do was Isure the Rabbanon of Shabbos. He had the opportunity to get transferred to the kitchen, which is a lighter work. Also, could steal probably more food to survive. But in order to do that, he would have to be Mavashal B'Shabbos, which is a Dairaisa. And whether he's allowed to do that, to go from there to, you know, where there, he believed there was only Yisurei Dirabonon, and to be transferred to a kitchen, and he would have to cook on Shabbos, which is a Issa Dairaisa. And also, if he was forced to cook on Shabbos, whether he's allowed to eat from it, what, that, what he was Mavashal B'Shabbos. Lamaskana, he said that he should do the transfer. Even in the Avodas Perach outside, there are dairises very often that could come up. And he's an Onus. He goes through its Malach Hashem Gufa, which becomes a Durabanan, and then Alzbikuach Nefesh, it's Mutter regardless. And you'll have to eat the food also. Puach Nefesh is like Shabbos. But again, just the fact that they're asking these Shilas. And they're worried about keeping the Ratz and Hashem. And like this Talmud was ready to listen. If, if, if the Rav would have said, it's better to not be transferred, don't be transferred, he would have remained working in the most difficult circumstances and not and pass up on this opportunity of being transferred to a kitchen where he would be able, the likelihood of survival would be uh, greater and he would probably be able to have more food. <sighs> Another one is they went to him, whether it's mutter, they want to be zeichet to kivre Yisrael. So they want to kill themselves. Number one, to, to be zeichet to kvura, and number two, to save themselves from Yisurim, because what happened, what the Nazis used to do very often, they used to murder wives in front of their husbands. 
used to, they used to murder children in front of their parents. And they knew this. And they didn't want to get to a point that they would have to witness this. So they wanted to take their lives. And um, he, he basically said that whatever Alpidin was there, it's also to be mefarsim that the, that it's technically mutter because there is a chil Hashem connected with it. He went through and said that at that point in time, there were only three suicides in the Kovna ghetto at that point. Most of them held on and he encouraged to do so. I know I read from the in the Radomska um, biographies the Radomska Rebbe that was killed in the war. He requested the Nazis came into his town, and he knew he was going to be head to Auschwitz and being gassed to death, and he went, wanted to be Zeichat Kirvi Yisrael. And he actually told the Nazi shoulder, "I know where you're taking me. I know I'm going to die. I prefer to die here." And they complied, and they killed him on the spot. But um, again, you see from the Shilas what we're dealing with and what they were Moise Nefesh for. Another Shaila was there was a big action sometimes where the Nazis used to ro- go through the ghetto and take people and kill them on the spot, and some of them take to forced labor. So they asked Rabbi Ashri, one of them was saved from that, was not taken, was not killed, whether he should bench Goimel. Do you say there's no chiv to bench Goimel since right now they're still in a tremendous sakana, they're not saved, the matzah is shver? Or the bottom line was, in this particular instance, I was saved. He passed him to, to make the bracha without a shame of Malchus, you can't make it with the shame of Malchus because we, they're still under Sakonas Mavis. Another Shaila came up where a, a, a assimilated man was 27 years old, was not even, did not even have a bris milah. He was totally assimilated. But once he, he saw he was sharing the same lot with other Eden and suffering with them, he said to himself, I'm not going to die a guy. I want to get gemalt. I want to have a bris. And at that point in the ghetto, there was no mile. There was only a doctor. And um, he passed that the meal should be done by the doctor. He said the priya should be done with an instrument. I forgot the svara why um, um, the priya should have been done with the instrument. And he felt that someone that wants to do tshuva and to go come back to Shchina, you could be mekel, and he should have the bris that way. Another shaila came up, and this could have happened actually not in the ghetto, in other parts, uh, other situations too, but this is what actually came up. What happened was, is that a, a, a man came to Ravashri and he said his daughter was Mazana and had a child. And the father disappeared. Don't know if he died or whatever. Father's not around. And he felt it was a bazillion to be mefarsim, this obviously. But still, he knew that there's a mitzvah's pidyan ben. He wanted to do a pidyan ben, according to the mitzvah's atayra. 
but he wanted to do it in a way that would not cause a busha to him or his mishpacha. And he asked how to go about it. Again, this is a thing not particularly to World War II. This could have happened in other situations too, but this is the Shiloh that came up to him. And um, he paskin that they should do a Pidyan Ben, should be done through others. He said, Shechayonu, um, you don't say because according to the Chassam Seifer, you don't say Shechayonu, that's the Chassam Seifer's Psak. And in the ghetto, they didn't have a pre chadash, they didn't have a new fruit or a new lavush in the ghetto where you could make a Shechayonu on that and have in mind the, the pigeons of the Shechayonu. You don't say, but the main bracha you do say, and it should be done by others to be to do that, to arrange that pigeon aben without being mefarsim to say from the busha. And another shaila was about they didn't have salt, and salt was very expensive. And the question was if they even got to be able to shecht an animal, find a small animal and shecht it, there's an iser dam, a blood. Or another shayla, if it was nevela, whatever, they had, it was basa nevela. Topikoch nefesh, they could eat the basa nevela. But there's also iser dam, because iser halalissa, so there's iser dam also. But there's no salt. So there's an Indian to salt that too, to get out at least the Iser Dam, to be Mamayat be Iser. Again, this is what they're asking him, these type of Shilas. So he went through, and again, we're not going to get into it now. He says, obviously, ideally, if you could get the salt, you're to get the salt and get out the Dam. And even on a Nevela, he said, very interesting. You should salt the nevela to get out the isadam to be mamayit iser. He felt iser was chalal iser, and the isadam was chalal the nevela. So at least by salting it, you'll get rid of the dam. And he said that's not called lefnei iver. You won't think that people will see you salt tray for meat. That all of a sudden it's kosher. People are not going to come to that conclusion. Everyone knows that in the ghetto there's a matzah for pikuach nefesh, and uh, it's not normal circumstances. So no one's going to come and make a mistake by seeing someone salt nevela. That all of a sudden it's kosher. So they should take the, if they have the salt, they should even salt nevela. They could meet to take out the iserdam. And the other scenario, he gave an eight to a boil of water and put in the meat in a shear that there'll be at least wolf, um, 60 kinegadablias and uh, cut into small pieces so that each chaticha should have less, should have samach kinegadai, whatever the case. But the bottom line of all of this is you see how connected Eden were to Tyra to want to keep the mitzvahs. And I'll be messiahing with one which is not in the first 10, but something that left a tremendous roshim on me. A bocher once came before Pesach to Rabbi Ashri crying bitter tears. Why was he crying? He basically tried to steal food outside the ghetto. And the Nazis caught him and gave him a tremendous beating and bashed all his teeth out. Smashed all his teeth. And this was right before Pesach. And I guess in the Kovna Ghetto at the time, they still were able to get together a certain level of wheat to have some type of matzah for Pesach. In the earlier stages of the ghetto, that was still possible. And he was tzabrochen. 
he goes to Rabbi Yashri, he's completely tzabrachin. Why is he tzabrachin? How am I going to eat matzah? Say the night, I have no teeth, I can't chew. That's what this bocha was worried about. He wasn't worried about, he wasn't, the Akmas Nefesh was not on the fact that he was beaten up almost to death. Or that he's in Tsar, or the fact that his, all his teeth are not there anymore. That's not what he was mainly worried about. How am I going to be Mekai in the mitzvah of Matzah Leil Seder? And what Rabbi Ashri did, he had him, he says he was Matar Neder, and went away with Kabrachts, I guess their, their, their meaning was that, and he said you should be Shaira the Matzah in, in water, and, um, and he held even Al-Stakat Chili, you can make a full brach on it, and be Mekai the Mitzvah B'Shleimus that way. But again, we see from all of these Shilas, and it's Kedai to read, I, I, I read it, uh, especially during this Kufa, and I, I sometimes don't have a head to go through the chuvas, the tish above anyway. It's it's like deep taira of, of halacha. It's shouldn't shouldn't you know? It's better to learn not on tish above, but but the shilas, the shilas themselves are are such a lesson. It shows the strength of the Jewish people. It shows the the the, the koyach, the nitzvius of Klal Yisrael, and it's something to be proud of. It's sad we cry for that. But on one hand, in the heart, you rejoice in a certain sense. The neshama is indestructible. And Torah is nitzchiyas. And we don't understand any of this. But Hashem will, Hashem will see the gula asida. Hashem will make it very clear to us. Meanwhile, we have Amuna, Atzur, Tamim, Pa'olai. Everything Hashem does is good, whether we understand it, whether we don't. And ultimately, we'll see the Geula Shleim of Amen.